Welcome to New Kids on the Block, a podcast for newcomers who want to explore blockchains and cryptocurrencies. On this show, we discuss and dissect all things crypto for beginners and intermediate users and help them navigate their way through this fascinating yet overwhelming new space. Let's dive right in. Had I the heavens embroidered cloths, unwrought with golden and silver light, the blue and the dim and the dark cloths, of night and light and the half-light, I would spread the cloths under your feet. But I, being poor, have only my dreams. I have spread my dreams under your feet. Tread softly, because you tread on my dreams. You hear that, crypto market? You are treading on my goddamn dreams. Welcome back, everyone, to a new episode of the New Kids on the Block podcast. I'm Fody Philochorus, joined by Yidu. Yidu, I'm crushed. Help me, man. How you doing? <laughs> I'm doing all right. I, I may need a piece of cloth myself um, just over my eyes so that I, I don't have to look at the charts. But otherwise, I'm doing okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I, so most most of my strokes of brilliance are... Um, just taken from media. So that that was, um, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Equilibrium, but I was watching that over the weekend with my wife. And um, that was kind of a, you know, in a society where um, emotions are suppressed by a drug and that's supposed to take away all crime and war and malice and all the bad things in society. And I got to be honest with you, I kind of wish I had some of that drug because I've been going through an emotional roller coaster the past couple uh, couple days here with the market. So welcome to the crypto market. That's literally a, a roller coaster ride every single day, or sometimes every single hour. And I think we just experienced a very extreme version of it on Friday night. And you know, I think you just had your uh, rite of passage. Yeah, shout out to homie Sh- uh, Sean Bean. Um, obviously, most people know him as Ned Stark from. Mm. Uh, um, Game of Thrones. From Game of Thrones, yeah, he's he's the greatest character to die repeatedly um, in every movie. Um, so um, that's yeah, kind that of was... like my portfolio. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is Chipper. So so let's talk about other stuff. So you do, um, you know, how was your weekend? Was everything good? I mean, I mean, there's nothing else really good to talk about. Is that right? Uh, yeah, yeah, everything was smooth sailing, right? Like there's not not really. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> I think this this market just really put a damper on everything. Um, but on the bright side, I would say that um, I, would, I guess I'll just get straight to it. I feel like overall we're still we're still in a bull market. The more the structure of the bull market is still intact. Um, and I'm showing my screen over here um, on the on trading view. Um, basically, I guess what we saw last Friday was a very brutal bloodbath of uh, open interest being obliterated from the market. I believe I saw the numbers were like 14 bi- uh, 4 billion uh, open interest obliterated from the market. And uh, it basically dropped the market, uh, the Bitcoin price from the highs of, uh, I think it was like 57,000 all the way back to almost like $42,000 uh, in a span of like, 48 hours right so it was a super sharp decline in a very short period of time and if you're relatively new to the market i can totally see why people would freak out yeah um for sure i think 
the, you know, a lot of people, and if, if anyone and any of the listeners were unsure of what we would be talking about today, I think you get a good idea of <laughs> what a majority of the conversation is going to be about because that's what people are interested in, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the, the great question is why? Why is this happening? Um, I have some of my personal thoughts as to why this is happening, but I'm mm-hmm. just curious what yours are. Sure. So I have two explanations. Uh, one is oh. kind of on the surface, and the second one is more of a conspiracy theory kind of explanation. So I'll walk you through it. So okay. on the surface, what happened last Friday is what what I call like a cleansing of the open interest market. And open interest, for those who are not familiar, is basically the, um, the options and all the margin longs or margin shorts in the market. Um, that are not based on the spot market. So think about your um, like your options, right? Like in the stock, you have your call or your put options. Uh, and then, you know, if you do like a margin long, uh, we, I think we talked about like 2x, 5x, 10x margin longs, where you borrow money to um, to basically to sustain your trade, um, to, 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 to long a stock, in this case, crypto. So leverage they, trading, right? Leverage, leverage trading. trading. Yeah, exactly. Right. So there, there was a lot of that uh, in the in the crypto markets um, by Friday, and uh, I believe the number was in the region of twenty two billion dollars. Um, what that tells you is it's getting a little bit frothy, and a lot of people are uh, were were gambling on Bitcoin and crypto and waiting for it to go long. And whenever an opportunity, quote unquote, like that merges, some of the more um, brutal capitalist, you know, in the capital market will try to take advantage of that. And the way they were doing that is basically by um, trying to basically dumping their existing coins um, into the exchanges and then flush out all of these guys who are margin long. So imagine, for example, if you have margin long opened at 55K, um, you expect the, month, the the markets to go up to 60k for Bitcoin, and if the price of that Bitcoin goes back 30%, if you're like double or or three x margin long, you'll probably be liquidated in that case. And in this particular case, uh, it dumped from 57k to all the way back to 40k. It basically flushes out everybody who is like over two x long. So a huge number of people got, got liquidated in the process. And this is why we're seeing this huge wick there uh, here in the chart. Um, that's telling you a lot of people got liquidated and they're forced to liquidate or give their Bitcoin or Ethereum away to those people who are in the spots or, or on, who are on the other side of the trade. So that's like whale manipulation. Is that like a fair way to put it? Absolutely. I, I have no doubt um, that this, this is a manipulated move. And this, which goes back to my second point, which is where I will put my um, team foil hat on and and say exactly who's doing it. Um, and this is the moment, you know, where I probably be channeling my uh, inner Charlie Charlie Day from It's Always Things, uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I'm going to put on my, my, my board and light a slab of a cigarette <laughs> and try to explain this. So basically, um, SBF or Sam Bankman-Fried, he's the um, the owner of FTX, and he he's one of the largest um, cryptocurrency, I guess, market makers uh, in this market, and he's 
he's a super smart guy. He's one of the richest men in the world. Uh, you know, probably next to ZZ and others uh, in crypto anyway. And I got this email from FTX late Friday afternoon. Actually, it was like early in the Friday morning uh, where they say, oh, hey, by the way, we're FTX. We're going to be down for around 10 minutes of scheduled maintenance. Uh, this is going to happen over the weekend. And I thought that email was quite interesting when I got it because I, I've used FTX you know, for, for a fair amount of time, but I've never received any scheduled maintenance emails before from them. <laughs> and that was actually the first email ever I received from FTX that is not related to my trades. So that was the first uh, interesting thing I observed. And this happened, by the way, I think early in the day. And then come Friday afternoon when, when the dump starts, um, you know, we dump from 54K all the way back to 50 and then continues to dump all the way back to lower 40s. And then the next morning, I believe this was like 8 a.m. Uh, on the Saturday, uh, on the Saturday, um, Sam tweeted that, oh, yikes, I chose a bad day to be flying. So conveniently, he was away during the entire dump between um, Friday evening and Saturday morning. And supposedly he was away flying. Flying in his, his golden private jet, I'm Probably. assuming. Yeah, he's actually you. going to Turkey, um, mm. you know, which is also interesting. And then, so meanwhile, right, there's this other guy, Suju. He is the creator of Three Hours Capital, which is one of the largest, actually is the, now is the, lar the largest um, crypto native um, capital funds in this market. So he's a very prolific, prolific uh, tweet guy or Twitter guy, I should say. Like he used to tweet every single day about about crypto, about Bitcoin. Uh, like I have my um, Twitter notifications on the entire time. I usually, you know, whenever he tweets something, I'll check in and then you know read on it. And and just interestingly, like his last tweet during the entire weekend was on, as you can see here, is about like Friday morning. I think this is UTC time. So this would have been like 9 a.m. Friday morning. And then he never tweet, tweeted anything since then. So basically, two of the largest players in this market were entirely either radio silent or mm. completely out of market for the, for the eight hours when the dump happened. So my mm. theory is that Free Arrows Capital and FTX manipulated the market by dumping everything in exchanges so that they crushed all the leverage longs and the open interest in the market. And then at the end of the day, all of the margin longs, all the degen degenerate traders were taken out of the market and they were able to, to dump the price down and then basically take all the coins back to them. See, that that's like a lot more interesting of a view than mine. Mine was lame. It was you know, Omicron related and inflationary reasons and, you know, various other macroeconomic, you know, stock markets taking a dump, the fear right. and greed index, it's in the toilet. Right. But, you know, you went all in two footed, right? There's two <laughs> big whales out there that, um, you know, own exchanges and that, you know, have their own venture capital firms and, um, you know, crypto asset firms and, they basically uh, just crushed everyone, took a couple billion, and then uh, had you know said have a nice day. Mm -hmm. Is that what I'm hearing? 
Absolutely, and I think that's that's coordinated. It's there's no way this could have been done by just one party. So several parties collaborated or colluded in this case um, to dump the market, cleanse the uh, open interest, and then basically took all the chips off the table. Um, and then basically the the goal is eventually to raise the market again. But for now, um, they are seeing they're 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 smelling they're like sharks smelling blood in the ocean. Um, they know people are getting way too optimistic about this market. Everyone is saying, you know, according to the Moon Boys, you know, we're going to 100K for Bitcoin. You know, if it's going to 10K by the end of the year, like the sentiments in the market was getting way too optimistic. And they sensed that, right? And how did they do? How did they take advantage of that? They, they dumped the market and they, they killed all the leveraged loans. The only people who survived are the ones who were either holding spot or who who hedged like right before the market, and even those people who tried to short it got killed as well. Because um, whenever there is a big dump like this, some people will immediately try to short Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. But what's going to happen is that on the other side of the trade, once things get, get go back up, they can also um, liquidate the short orders. So not only they're liquidating the longs, but they also liquidate the shorts. So basically, they're win, winning on both sides of the trades in two separate trades, which is Got it. really fascinating to me. Yeah, I mean, I guess they can kind of figure out where a majority of the positions are and yep. kind of manip- manipulate. I mean, volatility is a gift and a curse in this market, right? Because sure. it provides... Um, I was listening to a podcast um, where Plan B was on there mm-hmm. and, um, um, and Mr. Wu... Um, Willie Wu. Yeah, Willie Wu. Mm-hmm. And um, they were talking about, you know, their, the, the stock to flow model and the on-chain analysis that, that Willie Wu does and, and, and talking about how they do kind of predictive technical analysis and, and stuff like that based mm-hmm. on on-chain data. Um, and it was really interesting. Um, but one of the things that was um, particularly interesting about their conversation was just... Um, um, talking about how volatility is an asset, right, in crypto because it provides, you know, long and short types of opportunities for investment, and it provides kind of these overnight success stories where people are waking up with you know millions of dollars because they put a thousand bucks into some coin that no one ever heard of before, right, and. What comes with that volatility, obviously, is the ability to manipulate a market, um, especially a market like crypto, which is heavily underregulated, right? We call it the wild, wild west of investment. So when you have stuff like that going on, I think um, the challenge is, you know, the amount of assets uh, that are available, meaning the, the amount of coins that are out there on the market that are being traded by major exchanges are really limited, right? Like let's not pretend that this kind of stuff doesn't happen in the stock market because it absolutely does. You have market makers, you have people, um, you know, right. It happens, but you also have the sec that's chilling there, you know, waiting for any opportunity to, to tax and to, you know, to fine and to regulate that doesn't, that's not really the case in crypto, right? So we can see stuff like this that happens. And, yeah, uh, I think what happened was not illegal, but it was super ruthless. It was like basically, 
almost unfair for the retail investors who doesn't know any better. And um, I think everybody should learn their lesson here. Like people you mentioned, like Willy Woo and Plan B, these are basically the moon boys <laughs> of the market um, who are like perma bulls. You know, they'll tell everything's going to the moon. You know, we'll go as according to stock to flow model, we're going to 100K by the end of the year. Like at some point, it almost became almost became a, a self-fulfilling prophecy. Like everybody believed in it and they, they tried to almost buy up the price to that point. Um, except, you know, when they went overboard in terms of the leverage, um, they got killed. So definitely a lesson learned um, for everyone who, who tried to participate in this market. Um, keep in mind how ruthless and how, how cold it is sometimes. It sounds like you're treading on my dreams now and I just won't have it. <laughs> I won't have it. No, um, like I guess for the average investor, there are things that you can do to mitigate experiences like this, especially if you're kind of a spot trader right? Where you, where you buy things and you just kind of hold them and hope that they accumulate and grow over time and you're not doing day trading and things like that. Um, you know, the, the first thing of which that I would probably recommend, I would love to hear as well, you know, not financial advice, but just some tips, I think, for folks. Um, first thing you can do, especially if you're using something like Coinbase, is to immediately get your behind onto something like Coinbase Pro, right? And if you're holding assets and you're concerned about volatility like this in the crypto market, well, you should put stop loss orders in to sell, right? And those stop losses, what a stop loss is, is effectively a price that you absolutely do not want. To, you, don't, you, do, you do not want your asset to go below that price. If it hits that price, you want to initiate a sell on it right? And offer that um, out to the exchange. And, you know, hopefully someone comes in and buys, right? And fills that order. Um, but folks can absolutely hedge their bets, especially if you're a spot trader or just a regular kind of a retail investor by trading on a platform that provides that type of capability. And by the way, you sh I mean, people like this also make a ton of money when there are dips if you put in an order on Bitcoin, if it ever hits 42K, I'm sure that orders were filled for some folks that just had them hanging out in there um, for, for you know, these flash, um, what do they call them again? Flash, flash crashes. Yep. There's a flash crash and something drops dramatically in price and people pick up, you know, margins uh, quite substantially utilizing that very, very basic approach, right? So there are things you can do out there to shield yourself from the volatility of the market. I'm just, I'm curious uh, what other things yeah. we can recommend for people. I think what you said there is super important. Like people should have a plan, right? You should have a plan coming into any scenarios, especially in trading or investing. And in, in this particular case, like I basically had a bunch of limit orders uh, to your point. Um, I had those orders open on Coinbase Pro and some other uh, trading platforms, um, basically waiting to catch those flash crash uh, situations. Uh, I think I had a bunch of orders open on Kraken uh, at 44K and then a few other order orders at 40K, which never filled. 
um, but my 44k orders got filled uh, during the crash, uh, which was nice. So yeah, you should always have a plan. Like think about the worst case scenario, like what could happen. Um, like assuming we're still in the bull market, you know, what is your what is your stop loss? What is your um, like wh where's the point of no return, right? Like we're gonna talk about why we're still okay, but uh, in the short run, in the short run, you always want to be careful not to overextend yourself. Um, first of all, if you're a newbie, don't don't use options, don't margin trade. Um, Friday was an example to, to tell you that you can get liquidated even if you're 3x long or even two and a half long, you can still get liquidated. So yeah, don't use those super high high risk high risk leverage uh, trading strategies. Uh, stay with spot and set your stop losses. And if you if you can, um, add some limit orders to catch those um, you know flash flash crash prices. Yeah, and don't be a don't be a donkey like me, right? Because I'm a donkey, <laughs> and I think the last time we recorded was right before Thanksgiving, and the market was kind of um, okay. And actually, the market was was pretty decent on on Thanksgiving, and I said, okay, you know, market's going back up again. We went through the previous dip, which was the weekend before, mm -hmm. and I said, okay, it's time to pick up some avalanche and. Some other coins out there that I was interested in. So I made a couple orders. And then what happened on Black Friday? Got wrecked. Right. right. So if I would have done the smart thing and put limit orders in instead of making market buys, mm -hmm. right? I mean, perfect scenario for you right there. You do. I mean, 44K, you filled some orders on, on Bitcoin. It's already back up, hovering right around 50, close to 51. It's already 51. Yeah. 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 So to... I mean... You made some cash there, um, the responsible way, and uh, the non donkey brained way. And uh, kudos to you, and shame on me, as uh, <laughs> as a tradition on this podcast. So, no, I, I think we, we all we've all learned our lessons, right? I mean, I've I've been through situations like that before, and I was unprepared. I was basically running like a, a headless chicken and not knowing what to do when a flash crash like that happens. Um, but this time I made a plan. I, I knew this was coming. Um, like I'm, you know, I'm the biggest bull in the room, but, you know, I'm always prepared for a, a leverage washout like this. Um, I think, you know, we should all learn a lesson. And just for, for, for the audience sake, if you were to cash uh, or catch the, the price on Friday uh, at 42K, uh, you would have been up 20% already today. So just to give you a sense of, you know, what types of, swing trade you can make out of this even a terrible situation you can still make some good trades here that's why some people love being bears and um some miserable people love being bears and some really <laughs> optimistic people like us like being bulls um Absolutely. i think it's yeah i don't know who's right or who's wrong um let's let's talk quickly about some ter terminology before we talk about kind of there were some some coins that were on sale um that i want to bring up as well but for sure um you know, I think there's an opportunity to to label something as a correction, right? And there's opportunities to label things crashes. How do you delineate those two things? Yeah, yeah. I think what we saw last Friday was definitely a crash. Um, but what I would say, the difference between a, a, a crash and a correction is that I, I don't think there's a, like a hard definition, but especially in crypto, it's very different from the traditional equity market. 
um, I think for traditional uh, equity market, if you have a dump more than 10% a day, I would say it's a crash. But there's this running joke in crypto that says, okay, if your price goes down um, 50, 30% is a minor correction. And then if it's, it's more than 50%, it's a medium correction. If it's more than 90%, it's a major correction. Um, so, which is kind of a joke, but you know, you get the idea, right? Because the 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 the, um, the swing or, or the the volatility in crypto is so much larger. Right. In my in my opinion, you know, if, if anything that's larger than thirty five or forty percent um, could be a a crash. In this case, in this case, we we went down more than thirty percent, so yep. I would call it a crash. Um, and if you can look at the chart here, it's quite obvious uh, what happened on Friday. You you have this this candle. Um, which represents the daily candle on Friday. Uh, it starts out at 53k, I think, um, and then it just dumps. You know, the the very the tiny thinner end is the wick. It wicked down all the way down to 42k, uh, but then it actually closed the day within the cloud here. So it closed the day at 49k. So that tells you, even if we got dipped, like we we dipped to all the way back to almost 40k, 41k. Somehow, so many people got you know bought the dip and then pushed the price up, mm-hmm. so that it actually closed within the cloud or much closer to where it started the day with. So that's why I remain bullish. And if as you can see from the chart, um, the next following two and three days, we got three green candles in a row, uh, which tells you you know okay now we are consolidating. You know we're I know we had a crash, but now we're trying to to pick it back up. Uh, and then we're still in this cloud system, which tells you everything's okay, the structure is not broken, and we're slowly, you know, pick up the chips that was that was left on the floor. And for the folks that are listening to the pod, um, if you want to see the charts that we're showing, uh, we're going to do our best to to throw them up on our YouTube channel, um, which I'll link in the um, in the pod notes. Um, but I think what you're showing here is what they call what this is an Ichi cloud, right? Yep. Is that, this is the is Ichimoku, that is? Ichimoku cloud. Yep. Uh, it's a, it's a cloud-based system. Yep. Got it. So it's some kind of algorithm. And as long as we fall within that, um, then what exactly for us? Yeah. So, you know? okay. So basically what happened here is what is called an edge to edge move move. So um, I think we talked about these two lines. The green line represents the fast-moving average, or uh, Tenkan, and the red line represents the um, slow-moving average called Kijun. So when the fast-moving average crosses over from above into the slower-moving average uh, above the cloud, that tells you there's a, a kind of a trend turn. Um, it's, a, it's a bearish turn. Right, so basically, this this cross happened. This is called TK cross happened above the cloud. Usually, what that signifies is a edge to edge move, which means it will uh, the the price will move from one edge of the cloud to the other edge of the cloud. And in this case, this move actually materializes. No, it doesn't always happen that way. Sometimes uh, it will fake fake out. It will do like a fake cross and then just go back to the in, uh, over above the cloud. But in this particular case, the TK cross happened and the edge to edge downward movement happened. So that's why I'm not too surprised that price went down from that point on. And 
However, what, what was bullish about it was that everything remained in the cloud. So had this had this candle closed below the cloud, this Friday candle below the cloud, that would have been a different story, right? And the fact that we're still in the cloud system that tells me this downward edge to edge move has completed. So right. we've got the bad blow out of the system and now we can go again from above. And for people that are unfamiliar with the terminology of a candle, the reason why they call it a candle is because it looks like a goddamn candle. Right? <laughs> uh, and if that wasn't obvious, <laughs> um, but effectively red candles are, you know, closing negatively and, and green candles are closing positively. And what they call a wick is effectively the lowest that it reached in the day, but not what it closed at. Mm-hmm. Right. So some, some traders that do things like technical, you know, that, rely on technical analysis, um, they they can even determine based on the wicks of the candle, whether you're in a bearish or a bullish pattern, right? Um, determining kind of where the market's moving. So this is yeah. all, um, it's all way over my head, but I'm learning little no, by little. No, no, you, you're doing great. Like, like Isn't that's, that amazing? That's that's great explanation. I even, yeah, I should have explained that in the first place, but thanks for, for catching that. Um, no just, worries. Just to finish the point here, uh, why we're still okay from the bull, bull market perspective. Um, I think if you look at overall pattern of this chart, um, I know we went through this, you know, very painful consolidation uh, earlier in, in the year. Um, as you can see, we topped out at, um, I think it was 64K back in, back in May. And then uh, we went down this path and then we, we went through this long consolidation process. Uh, and now, the cloud, as you can see from the color of the cloud, that usually signifies, you know, if you think about the cloud, you're looking in the cloud and then you can tell what's going to happen in the weather, right? In this case, the red cloud signifies it's a bullish pattern, uh, a bearish pattern, but uh, a green cloud signifies it is a, a bullish pattern. So we've already went through that consolidation period where, where the cloud was bearish, and now Despite the dip, despite the crash we had on Friday, we're still in a bullish cloud pattern. So does that mean we're, we're going to be 100% bullish? No. But what this what it does tell us is that we're still in this pattern. We're still in this upward channel uh, for things to go back up. Mm-hmm. How does things turn out from here? You know, we can continue to go up. Or go, the joke is that you go up, you go down, or it doesn't change, right? If we continue to go up, like this cloud will continue to thicken, and it's gonna, you know, mean that the the the, the bullish pattern will continue. However, if this this price continues to go down, if if it breaks the cloud, uh, we're gonna see a Kumo twist here, which means the cloud you're gonna start to see like the the red cloud to turn up. Mm-hmm. Um, that's like a kind of a bearish sign, um, you know, in the long term, but. I think between now and early Jan, we're still in this bullish um, cloud pattern, which is why I remain bullish. Right. It can go up, it can go down, or it can stay the same. Applicable for the Ichimoku cloud technical analysis and also my waistline, folks. So <laughs> keep that in mind. Um, so this is this is great. I mean, I think, I think a lot of people have been thinking that this bull market was going to be an extended one, right? Mm-hmm. That we weren't going to see kind of the types of parabolic growth and you know maybe it's a little bit naive for some of us um to think that 
all things and all patterns of the market, just because they've happened once or twice before, will happen again. We're not in a normal time in the world, right? We're still in uh, dealing with what we would call kind of this uh, pandemic economics, which doesn't quite follow rational thought or reason. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm still optimistic on the market itself. And listen, guys, when you have days like this or a couple days like this or, you know, I mean, we may even see another dip. Um, don't lose your heads, right? Just yeah. uh, log out for a day. Go watch a show. Um, you know, spend time with your dog or your cat. If you're a cat person, God help you. <laughs> um, and, you know, just do things to, to improve your mental state because, you know, 90% of this game is just getting your mind right. So for sure, for sure. If you really want to see something really bullish, I'm showing this chart here. It's a Ethereum versus Bitcoin chart. Mm-hmm. This is a super bullish chart. What I mean by that is despite the dump on Friday, East looks super strong. Like the ETH chart looks way better than the Bitcoin chart. And this is reflected in the in the Ethereum uh, versus Bitcoin pair. Mm-hmm. Um, what that means is you're not really comparing to the dollar, but rather you're comparing uh, Ethereum to Bitcoin. Um, the ratio signifies what percentage of uh, Ethereum, um, you know, how much does, does, does one ETH buys a Bitcoin, right? So historically, uh, this number kind of, you know, bounces between 0.06. Uh, it went to 0.08 earlier this year, which was the, the annual high. But uh, what has happened in the past in this past week is that ETH has come out super strong and has basically is basically leading Bitcoin um, in the past in the past few days. Right, it continues to go, to go up. It's getting you know we're getting newer highs on the ETH BTC pair. Um, it's going at zero point zero eight five right now. It could be we could be talking about like a, a new all time high for ETH BTC which is super bullish for ETH anyway. Yeah, well, I think I think ETH, I mean, long-term can only go up due to the fact that it's deflationary, obviously. We, we talked about that on previous podcasts. And also the, the halvening that will occur um, with ETH and when the new kind of layer two solution comes out. Um, so, right, right. Just to be clear, so the happening is, is for Bitcoin, but you're right. So there is a... Um, a deflationary pressure for uh, pressure for ETH because of the uh, EIP burning mechanism, mm-hmm. and the the ETH two uh, merge is going to you know further um, you know change from proof of work to proof of stake, which is going to further um, make things a lot more environmental friendly and also you know much better than the current state. That's why you're here. Keep me honest when I say stupid ass <laughs> shit. Okay, you got it. I got your back. <laughs> so. Um, I just want to quickly talk about a couple coins that were on sale. For sure. Um, all of them. I'll start with that. Um, <laughs> but some really great ones, I think, um, engine token that was out there, um, hit, um, I believe at one point under two bucks. Um, so engines out there. Um, yeah, I think it, yeah, I think you could see it there. It hit like 196 or something like that with that red wick, or wow. was it just just That's... barely two two dollars. Um, so I mean, if you hit that, man, 
congratulations yeah. um I, I just imagine like a bunch of bots already had those yeah. limit orders set up like just yep. just grabbing the picking up the cheap coins during and the by the way that that's a great point i mean there are there are a ton of bots out there that you can use on plenty of exchanges uh, mm -hmm. i mean i know crypto.com has them like directly within their exchange i live in new york so i cannot use that app which is great but <laughs> for other folks that are really interested in, in um, crypto.com um, they have some bots i believe gemini has some as well mm -hmm. um, there's there's open source ones out there that you can leverage that interface uh, just always be careful when you use stuff that's not attached to an exchange because you may lose all your goddamn money but um so yeah so so eth uh uh we we talked about eth i think it dropped down to 3800 um engine fell um avalanche fell down to about 82 bucks yeah, my favorite avalanche got yep. killed as well during the crash. It literally, yep. like avalanche. So, yep, it's um, a it's a landslide, if you will, with snow and all of Fody's money, um, <laughs> as well because I bought at around I think a hundred and ten dollars. So that was fun. Um, but uh, yeah, I think a little under what is that about eighty two? You're looking at the chart. Um, it's in ninety two right now. Uh, it wicked to. Oof, it worked to 78 78 bucks yeah. that's a bargain yes. folks that's oh a bargain God. yeah i would have gone like I, you know if i had like a like a time machine i would have just gone all in at 72 dollars for yep. avalanche absolutely absolutely man that would have been a great buy um mm -hmm. i think some of the other metaverse coins out there like sandbox um hit um close to four dollars or a little under four dollars which mm -hmm. was a great buy at the time uh let's see yeah sand was a good was an interesting example i have this these notation here i i had a bunch of sand uh even mm -hmm. before the crash and i was observing this this rising wedge yep um basically what that means is is the momentum is starting to to tighten and usually eventually it, it, it you know you might still see a bit of a, a squeeze but eventually things will start to break down um and i made this note on, on the second this was earlier last week i said to myself start selling here because the rising wedge is starting to break down and little did we know you know things started to crash on friday so i guess i kind of got lucky that i got out a little bit uh, before the crash in profit yep. too yeah i mean um Sandbox was a good one, as well as uh, Chainlink. Chainlink hit roughly sixteen dollars, um, which is just like delicious. Um, I think for some folks out there um, that are unaware, um, you know, in the future you may see. Um, in, in, if you're unfamiliar with what Chainlink is, Chainlink is an oracle, right? So every chain effectively uses Chainlink as a mechanism to marry together on-chain and off-chain data, right? So um, whether it's an exchange or it's a protocol, I mean, everyone basically, if they're not using Chainlink, will be using Chainlink probably in the future. Um, and there's there might be uh, Chainlink nodes or, or staking in the future, right? Where if you have a certain amount of Chainlink, you'll be able to do very interesting things. Um, so... I'm really bullish on this long term, but uh, $16, um, it hit um, at an all-time high, it was at 53, right? So just giving you kind of an idea of what the discount is um, on Chainlink, um, it's, it's gone down 
substantially over the course of the past couple months. But if we ever do see an alt run, yeah, I'd, I'd be accumulating chain link, not financial yeah, advice. That's a, that's, a, that's a good shout. I mean, chain yeah. link is, is like a middleware. Uh, it's very unique, right? Not many. You don't really have another like competitor mm-hmm. um, at, like Chainlink in the market. So yeah, I mean, I'm I'm long term bullish for any infrastructure middleware uh, protocols or companies. Absolutely. How about this one? You do the last one. I'm going to talk about Solana hit 176 dollars. Oh God. Uh, it's already back up to 194. Uh, All time high for Solana. Can you guess? 250 maybe 260 baby very close very close so that's a major discount on solana yeah um this is what you know for everyone this is what the bears love if you're a bearish investor is you look for opportunities like this because um you know when the bull market does come around you're suddenly a millionaire right and that's Mm -hmm. that's what these that's what this type of investing um could mean if you adopt it as a strategy, you buy when things are low and you sell when they're high. Sounds so simple, right? <laughs> okay. <can> do it. <laughs> I think, I think that's enough. I think we talked the market to death. Um, I think things will get better. Hopefully in the coming weeks, um, we may see some, some weird stuff happening, um, leading up to Christmas a little bit, but I think mm-hmm. this is going to be an extended market anyway, as you said, um, looking at those Ichi clouds, um, you know, the, some of the technical analysis also points us in that direction. Yeah, it's going to um, be a super cycle. Super cycle. Pray, let's pray for that um, <laughs> because it's been a it's been a rough week uh, for for a couple folks, especially for all the donkeys out there. Okay, I said donkey a lot this pod. Um, any any other things that we should probably talk about this week? I know that there's some other things that are on your mind. Yeah, uh, I, I want to touch on um, something happened earlier uh, there were a few DeFi hacks that took place this week um, some of them uh, affected my some of my friends um, so I, I wasn't really impacted personally but um, I did want to to bring that up um, I think earlier this week we had at least two maybe even three hacks uh, I think Mono X was the, the first uh, hack that happened in the week and then later this week, um, Badger Dow got hacked. Um, and then there was another smaller one, uh, actually not that small, BitMart uh, was the latest hack yesterday. Um, I think their hot wallet uh, got hacked for like, like $100 million. So definitely not a great day for, not a great week for crypto in the past week in the security front. Um, yeah, I think just another reminder you know, for us that's nothing is, is safe and secure in crypto. Like everything you do, whether it's on chain or off chain, has a risk, and uh, you want to be super careful. You know, especially in, in a wild, wild west of DeFi. So you're saying I shouldn't go out there and put all of my money into Olympus DAO? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I mean, Olympus DAO is all the rage these days. Like mm-hmm. people, all the people are loving it, but. I don't know. I just feel like everything carries a risk, and I and I may have to walk back a little bit. I know in the past I've been super bullish on DeFi, um, but you know, given what happened in the past week, uh, I may have to revise my thinking a little bit. Um, some and just to be super transparent, some of my friends who, <laughs> one of them was was kind of a big whale he he had a bunch of uh, rap btc in um in badger dow 
And this guy is, I'm not talking about like a newbie who just came to the markets in 20, 2017 or even 2020, 2021, but rather he's been around for almost 10 years and he used to work for a, a security company. He actually started his own business as a security guy and then uh, got into crypto. So he has all the chops to, to know everything about security, but somehow uh, he still got hacked and he, he lost, I don't even know how many Bitcoins uh, from BadgerDAO. Um, I don't want to think about it. You know, I, I, I tried to talk to him and obviously he was not in a great mood. Um, but just a reminder that even the most seasoned veteran in this market can still get burned because there's just so many crazy hacks in DeFi. Yeah, I mean, that's why I'm, I'm really, um, you know, super bullish on things like Chainlink, right, which are... Um, ubiquitous, not necessarily security, but there's other oracles that have been impacted um, in the past, right? That have been hacked. Um, that basically offered a front door, right? That that additional mm-hmm. surface area for hacks for different DeFi platforms. Um, and what's bullish crazy on... about the? Go ahead. Yeah, yep, go ahead. Sorry, sorry to cut you off. And and the crazy about the Badger DAO hack is that it's not even a, a backend issue. Like it was not like um, they're backend server got hacked or, or their their um, developers uh, went rogue and decided to steal their money. What happened was there was a, a front-end issue um, and then there was, I think there was like a Trojan horse that was being planted on the front-end. So when the users clicked on their um, MetaMask to approve the transactions, instead of popping out the real MetaMask interface, a fake MetaMask was populated and if you were not reading the, the transaction message clearly, you, you approved it, the hacker immediately transferred all of your money into their own address. You lose all of your assets. And it's, it's so crazy that, you know, a, a seasoned person like him would still fall for that. And that just tells you, you know, nothing is safe. Like you always have to, to not only do you, do you trust, you need to verify, you need to read your every single signed messages and if every every approval message needs to be double checked triple checked mm-hmm. um, always make sure that you're sending money to the right contract address um, if you're if you're not sure check uh, coin market cap to make sure that you know you're sending to the right address because um, otherwise you could be sending your money to the hacker yep check your addresses folks wow it's a it's a dark day when uh when you is turning his back on DeFi, you heard it here fo- first, folks. I actually saw like a really great meme out there on the on the Twitter sphere, where um, uh, some guy wrote a bot um, to basically um, interact with hackers. So he had some kind of honeypot um, technique where he would keep USDT or USDC, some kind of stablecoin, in his MetaMask, uh-huh. um, and you know how these things work in order to get that in, in or you know, he kept like a thousand bucks worth of USDT, I think right. or USDC in his, in his MetaMask. And, you know, as, as it works for hackers, they have to actually transfer in some Ethereum to pay mm-hmm. the gas to get that stuff out. So once, once the gas, uh, once the Ethereum was transferred into his wallet, he would, uh, he wrote a, um, some kind of a bot that would, oh as soon as ETH hit, hit hit the wallet, it would transfer it out. Wow! <laughs> so, so he actually just 
scammed the hackers that that's, were trying to hack into his wallet. Um, that's pretty cool. Insane, but also kind of funny. That's really, really, really funny. Some yeah. so, some people just want to watch the world burn. What can I say? <laughs> Kudos to that random guy that uh. And, and that's people doing are, that. are are working with hackers now. Like I think something happened like a few months ago during the Poly Network hack was that um, Poly Network got hacked for like four hundred million dollars. And they tried. They hired like a security firm to work with the to work with them to figure out who the hacker was, and they did. Um, and they were able to figure out who that hacker is because that hacker apparently had done KYC on Binance. So at this point, they had they had all the information about this hacker, and they decided to reach out to him and be like, "Hey, if you return like three hundred and eighty eighty million dollars, you can keep the rest." Basically. So, and eventually they they did like the hacker returned like a majority of the money and then just kept the rest kept the rest as like a, a white hack reward, and that was just super crazy and fascinating to me how like you know a, a malicious hacker could turn a, a white hack just like that. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, exchanges basically are making they're they're printing money, right? So um, all of these different platforms. Are happy to get their eighty percent back because, yeah. let's face it, they 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 factor in some kind of an operating expense, uh, which unfortunately some of it is is down to hacking. Um, but hopefully, we see uh, some improvements in the uh, yeah. security space. Right. That would. So uh, the moral of the story is uh, trust. Uh, don't trust, but verify. If you don't know what you're doing with DeFi, don't touch it. If you absolutely have to touch it, always be super super careful. Um, if you're not sure, um, don't 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 do DeFi because you know you can you will get burned for sure. Yeah, and if you want to be a degenerate, just buy like Doge and Shiba Inu like me, right? I think that's the uh, that's the moral that's the real moral of the story. I don't know what you're talking about. All right, um, you know, let's move on to maybe uh, wrapping up the pod and just talking about some some of our rising stars. I think it's a segment that we did in the past. Some folks liked it, so um, so let's move on to. The Rising Star. Okay, so uh, for the Rising Star, um, just curious. Um, I'll let you go first. I know that you had some kind of projects that were out there. I know there's one that I want to talk about as well. So, what's your first Rising Star or project that you're interested in? And if you're talking, you're on mute. <laughs> oh my goodness! There we go. Put this part out. Even the best, uh, even the oh, we're leaving it in. Even the best of them do it. Okay, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so take two. All right, so I want to talk about a project by Pac. Um, you might recall them from a previous pod where we talked about his, uh, his project called Lost Poets. Um, he had a new project called um, Merge, just uh, earlier this week. And this is a super fascinating project to me because basically you are per, it is an NFT project uh, that was carried out on Nifty Gateway. And um, basically everybody who has participated in Pac's previous projects were eligible to, to purchase um, the masses um, like during the presale. And I was able to participate uh, at a relatively lower price uh, compared to the public sale, uh, which I'm happy about. 
But basically, what what's fascinating about this project is that you are able to purchase masses. That's the single unit of NFTs you can purchase, and you can decide how many of units do you want to include in each mass. So, for example, if you decided to buy five mass,、um, you pay like a I think there were three hundred dollars for each mass. You pay like fifteen hundred dollars, and now you have five a, a mass with five units in it. And that that's not the end of it. So once the once the masses get、um, published or, or, or minted,、um, you can claim those masses and then trade them on the secondary market. Uh, whether it's on Nifty Gateway or、um, OpenSea, you'll be able to trade that. But that's not quite the same thing as the traditional trading on OpenSea, because instead of you know selling your masses to another、um, buyer, and then that person would have like two NFTs, those masses would actually merge. What that means is if I sell my five. Masses to another collector who has ten masses. Now this collector will have fifteen masses, but you know I'll have zero, right? And those fifteen masses only becomes only one NFT. So each time a trade, you know, in other words, each time a trade happens, it merges the two NFTs into one, but combines the masses for the two. Does that make sense so far, Billy? Holy shit, man!、Uh, <laughs> not really.、Um, so, so, so this is some kind of a space-related. I mean, I'm looking at the art here. It's some kind of space-related NFT project where you can consolidate、um, the NFTs. Because I mean, I mean, that's not like a unique thing, right? I think. Um, you can do it with the board apes, right? Where you can turn them into mutant apes, and there's、yeah, these different types of things. Could yeah, you could accept the difference being that you're not like it's not deflationary. When you when you sell your 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 one single board ape to another collector,、um, you still have two board apes, right? If assuming the other person also have an ape, you're not、um, burning any 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 NFTs. You're just、um, transferring your Your NFT from one person to another. However, for this project, every time a transaction happened, something got burned, right? Like in this case, you know, if you transfer a、uh, hundred, yeah, hundred、okay. masses to two hundred, you the other person have one hundred twenty masses, but you know, it becomes only one NFT. It's almost creating this deflationary burning mechanism, kind of like Ethereum, right? Right, where things are getting more and more scarce. And if you take this into infinity, eventually you will have only one huge, gigantic mass, which just you know converges or merges with every single other、um, masses on the on the market. Wow, got it. Right? Yeah, that's mind blowing. Really, really, yeah. I mean, so I'm I'm assuming this is all on the Ethereum chain as well. So yeah, everything's on on ERC twenty. And、um, just one last thing about you know the fascinating thing about it is if you don't want your masses, like there's a burning mechanism itself with the, each mass itself. So for example,、um, let's say if you never traded your mass with another person, you keep your mass until next year. You'll be able to burn your mass into ash tokens, which is another ERC twenty tokens living on the blockchain.
and they're trading at like 30 between 30 and 50 dollars right now and uh, you'll be basically claim those ash tokens um, as a, a way to recuperate your values if you decided that you no longer want your masses so basically Puck has created this 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 equilibrium of you know like two tokens you have the either the masses or the ashes if you if you want your masses you can you can sell it you can uh, give it away but if you don't want it you can burn it to ashes ashes which also has uh intrinsic values right and that ash token was, is also potentially going to be applicable for his other um his other project the lost absolutely Post. all right yeah but he's trying to make ash to become a kind of a, a common uh, currency in the digital arts market so imagine like think of ash almost like the bitcoin of the the art market uh, mm-hmm. one day everything will be traded in ash and you'll be able to um you know whether it's transact or moving ash around and basically using ash as the currency for for transferring um digital nfts got it well that's a really fascinating project uh is it minting now or it already kind of closed what's that yeah yeah so we so this was done on nifty gateway which is a a centralized um nft product market um so they finished the the purchase the public sale yesterday and uh we're going to to be able to mint sometime tomorrow i believe so yeah i'm expecting to receive my my masses um tomorrow awesome well good luck to you man um and maybe i'll be able to pick some up when uh ethereum is in an arm and a leg to, uh, to <laughs> transact on. So yeah. Awesome. All right. What about you? Um, what, what projects are you keeping your eyes on this week? Yeah. I mean, since we're going with the masses and the space kind of thing, um, you know, I figured I should probably talk about a legitimate rising star, which is Terra Luna. Um, and that's probably something that people have heard of in the past. It's another kind of layer one um, solution that's out there. Um, but did you know that while the whole market was dying <laughs> or, or, you know, a massive correction was, was occurring, Terra Luna actually rose over 30% um, over right. the course of that whole market correction. So I did. It, yeah. it is now a top 10 crypto mm-hmm. um, with a market cap just over, let's see, Terra Luna now is 10 with a market cap of 25 billion dollars what are your thoughts on terra yeah i think that i have a bag in terra luna full disclosure um i think it was impressive what they have done um you know from the price action perspective in the past week um and i think they overtook avalanche in the past week in terms of market cap as well so uh, which is quite impressive um, considering you know the amount of protocols or development that's going on in the on the Terra Luna chain, um, yeah, I think that that's a quite a I'm personally quite bullish on on it as a alternative layer one chain. Um, I think Luna is very popular in Korea. Uh, it was not really as wide known here in the U.S. or the Western countries. Um, however, uh, I think people in Asia. Um, use it a lot uh, a lot of people in the, in, the, in the asian community are quite involved in the development and the utilization of the chain um, and from what i heard there, there is a a um, stable coin called ust uh, which can be used to kind of 
as like a, a stable stable coin um, to kind of anchor the, the 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 chain itself. And then there's a bunch of like um, lending protocols which allows you to to lend money and then um, kind of you know lever lever up if you want. So yeah, I'm, I'm personally quite fascinated by it, uh, and I'm you know from the pricing perspective, but also from the the utility perspective. Um, I'm curious to see what's what's about to transpire for Luna. Yeah, I mean, I think if you look at um, kind of, you know, the, the top 10, you know, sorry, Dogecoin, you're no longer in the top 10. But if you look at the top 10, you have Ethereum, you have Solana, you have Cardano, which got killed, but it's still, you know, hanging out there at number six. You have Polkadot and you have, you know, Terra Luna. Mm-hmm. So that's two, three, four, five out of the top 10 uh, coins or layer one kind of solutions, right? Um, so, you know, kudos to the folks out there that, um, properly invested, um, in layer one chains out there. Um, you know, you, you, I mean, 12 is avalanche 14 is polygon. So, I mean, all these layer ones are hanging out. Um, and if we do see an alt season, I mean, I think they're the first to pump. So, um, uh, legitimate rising star when everything was going backwards, shout out to Terra Luna. For sure, yeah. yeah. Terra, should we say um, Terra Luna to the moon? Terra Luna to the moon, baby. Yeah, I've been I've been watching this uh, this new sh- new show, or not, it's actually not a new show, but it's called The Expanse, um, ah, which is like Game of Thrones show. in 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 space. Mm-hmm. And uh, now I'm familiar with all this terminology. So there you go. There you go. You learn something the, new every day. Um, any other rising stars you want to talk about? You do. Um, I think that pretty much wraps up uh, for okay. my rising stars. What about you? Yeah, no, I'm good. Um, we've been going for about an hour, so I think we'll wrap up today. But, you know, it's been so long um, since we last potted. I think it's been like close to 10 days where I think we owe the first. Really? It feels like a, three weeks for me. It, it's too long, man. I, we got to talk more <laughs> yeah. often. Um, I, I think we owe the folks maybe a um, another pod maybe this week. So it would be nice if we can connect again and, and potentially talk about um, – uh, I think we wanted to talk about Avalanche, um, but open to some other suggestions. But uh, hopefully we'll get another pot out for the folks later this week. For sure. Yeah, yeah let's do it. Let's do it. All right. Um, I leave you all in closing. Uh, I wanted to um, to shout out one of the content creators out there that uh, that um, you know I'm following. He's, he's more of a technical guy, but his name's Daniel from Crypto is Good. Um, and, you know, the best suggestion that he made – um, for folks, and I'm trying to follow this as well, is when stuff like this happens, um, meditate, <laughs> take a step back, close the laptop, um, put your stop losses in and enjoy life. Um, because only with sound mind will you be able to recover um, from stressful situations like this when you're looking at the market. So shout out to him. Um, go out there and do your meditation, eat good, and We'll see you uh, next time out there, Space Cowboys. Catch you on the next one. Bye. Take it easy, guys. Bye. What is on the street? You found someone. I guess now it goes to tone.